Hello, OdaFest listeners, and welcome back to the OdaFest podcast. Yay! I'm back from Japan. Yeah. And so are some of our other friends. Hello, back from Japan. Who are you? What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dio. I'm Angelo. I'm Nancy. And I'm still here. And I'm Jay. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yep. Still here who did not go to Japan yet. yet. Boo. <laughs> this year. Soon. Welcome back. Yep. I missed you guys. We, we missed, missed you too. too. And you all missed tier one of the early bird savings. Yes. Oh. So get your weekend passes right now at the current early bird price of $59.37 after event bright fees at odafest.com. Don't miss the second tier. Don't miss it again. You gotta mm-hmm. get that savings. Come on. You gotta use those savings to go to Japan. Exactly. No, just go to Odafest. And then Japan. Well, yeah, you go it's to Odafest. It's the next best thing. As you're in Japan. Yeah, true, in Japan. <laughs> you just you just take the whole Odafest event and we just we just put it in Japan. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Logistics. Don't put ideas in my head. <laughs> I just gave, no, I can just we gave do everyone. It? I want to do uh, it like a reverse. All staff a nightmare. No, I want to do it like a reverse event where we, we're we in Japan and we host a Western convention. <laughs> What? Come have, come have, like, like come we have, do like a Calgary yeah. stampede. Yeah, yeah no. exactly. I was just gonna like have a pancake breakfast. Oh and, no! Uh, we'll have panels everywhere. about. We'll have panels about oh oil God. and. <laughs> yeah, the panels are about energy production and Truck agriculture. Nuts. Yes, cowboy boots. Yeah. Although I will say, the merch that comes out of an Odafest like that would probably be pretty top tier. It it would be pretty sick. Anyways. Don't do this to me, Dio. (laughs) Don't do this to me. Um, I I did buy a lot of merch while we were on the trip. Uh, I did learn the lesson of, I thought I had packed light. No, I had not. And I had to play packing Tetris to get everything back home after. Okay. We were checking out at Donkey. We were going through the t- checkout line. And you know how, like, you see memes of people just pull out their arm and shove everything from a shelf into, like, their basket or their cart? <laughs> Dio did that, literally that, with Kit Kat. Was that Dio? Dio bought. Jeez. Was it 10 the or 12 The Kit are, like, at the front of the store. The Kikets at the front of the store. You they can just had grab them like right at the whole... very front of the tax-free line. Yeah, yeah. The because very they start know the tax-free line. that's that's marketing. <laughs> they only spent ninety dollars on Kit Kats alone. I think oh I bought because I bought two boxes of each flavor, and the flavors were sake, uh, hojicha, apple, strawberry, and wasabi. So ten, ten Bangers. boxes. Oh, they didn't have. All did they them. have pumpkin yet? They did not have pumpkin. I did look oh, for it. They did good. not have it yet. Uh, I the tried the wasabi one Kit Kats 50, 50 last night. They yeah. were actually fantastic. I love the sake one. The sake and the hojicha are my favorite. Not every Kit Kat flavor is a hit, unfortunately. But I mean, that's also like yeah. subjective to taste or whatnot. But like most of them are pretty on brand. Uh, the hojicha one is pretty mm. tasty. The hojicha one is so good. I love the hojicha one. The sake one is also very flavorful and on brand. I would say the worst flavor is actually apple. The apple is kind of just meh. It's really meh. It's Aww. not bad. It's just That's really meh. interesting. That's sad because, for me. I thought it would have been yeah, good. Yeah, because like, Japan really likes apples. 
Yes. I know. That's why I was like, this is going to be amazing. And it was just kind of like, it's yeah. not bad, but it's just kind of meh. What surprised me the most, I I half expected the wasabi Kit Kat to be like a joke flavor, a prank flavor. Something that like you give to someone to be like, ha ha, get a load of this. But no, it was legitimately extremely pleasant. Yeah, it's a very pleasant like flavor. It's if you had told me that you could combine wasabi and chocolate, I'd be like, yeah, you're making that up. That's not real. But it actually like and it does have that nice like, you know, when you eat like wasabi, like good wasabi, at least and you it kind gets of, in your sinuses. it gets in your sinuses like it does that. It does. Okay, that. But you say good wasabi, but that's still like the horseradish. It's still horseradish. It's still horseradish. Here's the question. Yes. Like, it's, did did any of you have actual wasabi? Oh, I absolutely did. Oh, okay. I want to hear from Nancy then, because yeah. I didn't. It's a different. Okay. It's a different taste profile. Yeah, it tastes yeah. sweeter. It's more fragrant. The burn is significantly reduced. Um, it's not about the kick. It's just about like a pleasant tingle. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say the the wasabi Kit Kats were like. Like it was. It had a nice sweetness. It had that pleasant tingle, but not the sort of like horseradish like burn. But it was still, I, I don't think it was, like, proper, like, expensive wasabi still, like, because it's, it's a Well, no, they're product. not going to, yeah. But, but it definitely was, like, compared to, like, the wasabi you get in a restaurant here, it was, like, much more, much more pleasant. More mm. pleasant than I expected. Interesting. I, I'm surprised you were shocked by that combination, because if you think about it, like, spicy chocolate has definitely been a thing for a while. It's definitely a thing, right? Like, chili chocolate is a huge thing. Huge. It's just that wasabi isn't spicy, exactly. It's a completely different flavor yeah, profile. Yeah, it's not a capsaicin. Yeah. It does not but, contain capsaicin at all. But the, the, the theory there is still similar. Let's add something that has a bit of a burn to it to chocolate. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's totally different in that sense. I want Sichuan pepper chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that would be amazing, lingering. actually. That would be so yes. cool. I'm pretty sure that I exists. I feel like I've saw, seen that. Maybe. I would I'd back that on Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it somewhere. Now, this was such a fantastic vacation. And one of the best parts of it was that while we kind of planned it separately, uh, Nancy and Sean and Dio and I were in the same cities at the same time, give or take. So one of the first few nights in Kyoto, Nancy and Sean are like, hey, do you guys want to come to Restaurant Alley with us? We don't know where we're eating. All we know is that we're going to find something amazing. It will be amazing, I promise. And that's that's basically all I said. And they were like, yep, we're in. (laughs) We'll see you there. Yep. And so we're walking down this narrow alley lined with restaurant after restaurant, smell after delectable smell, until we finally come across something that we can't possibly walk away from. It was the one. It was the, one. the Unagi restaurant. And all, the they, unagi restaurant. all they specialize in is unagi. Unagi don, unagi noodles, unagi. They had unagi dumplings. I was like, what? Yeah, it was unagi everything. Oh, and that's it was interesting. So I, good. I wouldn't have thought that unagi meat is well made for dumplings. You know, like I think you have to mix it and make sure that there's a very specific fat percentage. Something like, like that. Like you can't, you you wouldn't be able to just like pure. No, that sounds so wrong to say puree unagi yeah, into like a. But dumpling that's exactly filling. what it is. Like while you can make uh, things like 
you know, there's fish meatballs like surimi and stuff like that. But that's actually mm-hmm. a combination of either other fish or like just with different kinds of meats. Yeah, uh, I imagine or, or, you have to blend it unless you want it to be very yeah. purist about it. It's very interesting. I want to go yeah, there. but it was... Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I'm just taking notes. This entire episode is just me taking more notes for my trip. Yeah, absolutely. Like things to try. Yeah. Like, next time that we're in Kyoto, I kind of want to get a rest, uh, a hotel <laughs> a walking distance to Restaurant Alley just so that we can go back there every single night. Yeah, so find something, something different. New. It was walking distance for us. We stayed in Gion, and Gion is like the like a, a cultural hub. That's where all the Maiko it's are. That's where the geisha. geisha are. That's where all the very expensive restaurants that like line the river, because there's a river that runs north-south yes. through Kyoto yes. for, for a good chunk of it. And uh, along the river are just very, very expensive restaurants with huge patios overlooking. Mm. Huge balconies overlooking the river. And uh, this was uh, one on the other side of Pontocho, so no no balcony overlooking the river, but like directly facing one that would have been. And mm. it was this tiny little restaurant, probably had eight tables. Yeah, it was pretty tiny. But damn, so good. And that was Dio's, that wasn't your first Japanese beer. I think you were actually doing some comparisons between that and a different one you'd had. Yes, um, so I've had like, I mean, I've had lots of Japanese beer, but like, you know, I've had Sapporo, I've had, I've had Asahi, but th- the thing about like beer, Japanese beer is like, unless you get like import stuff like Hitachi no Nest, um, most of like the Japanese beers that you drink in like Canada are brewed usually in the US. It's mm, using the Canada. same, or Canada. Like it's Asahi using- is, is brewed by Molson. Yeah, so, so it's the same recipe, but it's using, like, local Canadian ingredients, which right. does, you know, alter the flavor profile. Um, having Asahi in Japan, and I was really blown away because that was the first sort of, like, that was the first time we had sat down and actually had alcohol the whole trip. I was like, oh, you can taste the difference. A absolutely. Bit. You can absolutely taste the difference. It does like there's there's just it's the difference of brewing something with rice or like uh, local barley versus with wheat. Mm-hmm. Like the taste is much it's a much sweeter beer in Japan. Yeah. Dio had like a time getting over how different that tasted that meal. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is like wait, like, you know. Asahi is, an, is a very easy drinking beer. Like, I would say it's a very light, like, it's an everyman's beer that is slightly elevated over, like, a Molson or a Coors. Asahi in Japan was like, whoa, this is a nice easy drinking beer. Like, this is, this is like, there's a distinctly sweet, I mean, like, it's rice not, flavor. It's not particularly... Um... In a sense, it's not surprising if you think about like the logistics of it, right? Because they're not going to yeah, be of course. exporting like for anything from the water to the local hops and other ingredients that they might use for brewing. Yeah, yeast and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like one of the weird things, I I don't know if it's not likely because I don't think a lot of people just a lot of adults don't drink milk that often. But if you go to a different country and try just like their one or two percent milk or whatnot you will taste it and like either you will taste it to be so different that you're going to be like either i you hate that milk 
or you really like that milk, but it's more you like you don't even you might have hate to it. change countries for that. <laughs> Ontario milk versus Alberta milk is also completely true. different. Fair. But don't, don't you say that? But you then you remember that Canada is the second biggest country in the world. Yes, there's going to be a lot of easy regional variation in our production of yeah, pro, uh, just because Canada is so big product. But yes, but it's, it's good that you point that out because I did have Japanese milk and I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Tell me why. I, the flavor profile is is different, and I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Oh, I'm gonna throw okay. it out there that, like, if you have like flavored milk or something like that, maybe if you had like a strawberry or banana milk, you probably it, it might not oh, yes. have been like, as flavored bad. Flavored milks were fine. Yeah, flavored milks have, or milk soda was fine. Yeah, but if you have just a like the general milk product of a different country or region. I think milk is one of those really ingrained flavor profiles in a person because we tend to drink it when we're young. And if you didn't move around a lot, you probably had more or less the same tasting product for a long time. And then you kind of go there and you're like, you have this expectation of what milk needs to taste like. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like it wasn't that Japanese milk tastes bad. It's, it's that my brain, right. yeah, my brain <laughs> expects that, milk to taste milking, a certain right. way. Yeah. But when I put it in my mouth, I'm like, this is not what milk is supposed to taste like. So mm-hmm. back to this Unagi restaurant. Mm-hmm. Nancy and Sean got this amazing hot stone bowl full of barbecue unagi and rice. Yep. It was Ooh, so stone bowl. Gorgeous. It was wonderful. Delicious. I have a little looping video of it sizzling, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't let this go. Yes. It was almost too beautiful to eat. Ah, but we did anyway. Not even close. Not even, no, it was just, it was made to be devoured. It was so good. There was not a single grain of rice left in that bowl when we were done. Yeah, it got devoured. And like, that was the case for, I think, pretty much all of the food we ate on the trip, which was. It got devoured. Yes. With a handful of exceptions. In my case in particular, uh, I got a bad case of food poisoning from some airline food. So that was one of the first nights where I was starting to feel normal again, where I could actually eat again. But I wanted to get something a little bit safer to eat. Uh, Unagi, I love unagi. But when it comes to eel or any kind of seafood, I'm just like, Wait till I'm feeling 100%. Sure. Mm. So I went with uh, a nice gyudon. Mm. And they had wagyu gyudon at this yeah. place. And I'd never actually had wagyu before. So I was kind of excited. Mm-hmm. I was I was feeling here for it. And I'm going to say I was... It's not that it tasted bad. It tasted wonderful. But I was disappointed. Yeah, I wasn't... I, I will say, the, was the wagyu good? Yes. Was it everything... That it was hyped up to be, in my opinion, no. But I am also a spoiled Albertan. That's the thing. Alberta beef is a cut above the rest. I've said this so many times. I find that the issue with Wagyu is that, first of all, it's probably overhyped in the sense that people are expecting some like otherworldly experience. Number two is that it is not really similar to the core experience of what I ex- like what I think good beef is. 
it's too yeah. it's almost too fatty the texture is almost, it's almost like too rich too and fatty off. yeah it's, it's too different from like i like the fibrousness of meat i like the yeah. you know like uh uh the the mouthfeel of most meat like of like standard beef or- yeah Product. So you so say this, like, and I'm just reminded of something from my youth, where youth. the first time I had moose steak. Oh. Oh, boy. And it is the toughest meat that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Every bite was like chewing bubble gum, <sighs> but it was so flavorful yes. and so good. Mm-hmm. It did have a gamey taste to it. But when I think back to that, I think that I enjoyed this moose just grilled on a barbecue more than I liked the Wagyu. Mm. Even though it was an objectively much more exercise-focused <laughs> eating experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't dislike the Wagyu at all. I'm glad I tried it. Me too. I'm glad I tried it. And I had no beef for the rest of the trip. Correct. Yeah, I was like, great. You didn't even go to McDonald's? Okay, we did have, we did have <laughs> McDonald's beef, but does that really count? That is why I generally don't get Wagyu. Like, mm-hmm. like I've had it before, and and yeah, it's like you guys are saying, it. it's yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's just yep. it's not the same experience as having something from some of the more locally ranched cattle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Now, one thing that Dio and I did encounter, we encountered on multiple occasions. Duck-based dishes, specifically duck udon. Yes, so uh, if you don't know, Japan's cuisine is very, very regional and very, very seasonal. Duck is currently in Mm -hmm. season for that island, Mm -hmm. and so is musket grapes. So a lot of the desserts we were having were musket-focused. So that's why we kept seeing those grapes. Mm -hmm. And they were so good. And the duck food, like... To us, because we're from Alberta, duck is an expensive food mm-hmm. and beef is a cheap food. In <laughs> Japan, at least where we were because of the seasonality, it was the reverse. Beef mm-hmm. was an expensive out-of-season food and duck was a cheaper in-season food. But you bet that I ate all the duck that was ever presented in front of me. As much duck <laughs> as possible. It was fantastic. Like, we have our New Year's duck tradition and for once, this is the first time ever that I've had duck outside of uh, of New Year's, and it felt a little bit uh, sacrilegious. I was gonna say, yeah, you felt cheating. like you were cheating. cheating on. I was cheating. You know, I was cheating on duck. You know, I see how this is. I, and I'm not but sorry. I appreciate that you had to go cross an entire ocean just to cheat. It's like, to uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of like. I don't want to. I, I don't want to get all the details wrong, but there's like this one dish that's like popular in like all Europe, I think maybe like in Italy or somewhere like that, where, you know, of balut, like the Philippine yes. okay. egg yeah. dish where you're kind of eating essentially an embryo of a, I think it's a chicken. And then there's yes, a similar a dish like that. Chicken egg. Yeah, there's a similar dish like that in Europe, but it's like you eat. Yeah, you're you're essentially eating an animal fetus, uh, but it's not an animal fetus. It is a bird. I can't remember which kind. Um, I don't want to Google it because I don't need more. I don't need more details. But I do remember that they almost consider it sacrilegious because it's part part of the ritual of eating it is that you actually have to put a shroud over yourself and you're sort of eating 
like your head is underneath the shroud and you're eating it. And the, and the tradition says you do that because you're trying to hide from God as you're like devouring this like devouring not so fetus. That's yeah, magical. Yeah, this not so That's wholesome meal. Mildly cursed. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I I don't know. I'm not down with eating fetuses personally. <laughs> so if you have to hide your shame in eating yeah. this food, I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yes, do it. Be I ashamed. <laughs> Be ashamed. Yeah. Be ashamed. Ah. Uh, but yeah, the food was amazing. I will say um, I really enjoyed eating Western food. And I'm saying that with the preface of what we think of Western food is like the food that we eat every day. We are, which Japan well, what we think thinks of, of is Western, Western food. food. <laughs> yeah. Like, but what Japan thinks of as Western food is sort of like its own third thing that's kind of been like catered to Japanese tastes. You know yeah. what it is. It's, it's, like, it's the equivalent of like Chinese food here or like Japanese. Yeah. It, that's what I was about to say. Japanese Western food is to us what Western Chinese food is to like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it was great. Mm, I loved it. I don't know, Jay. Would you say that like Canadian Chinese food, for example, is like Canadians adopted some Chinese cuisine, or would you say that uh, it's, it's a mix. Chinese chefs who came to Canada that created something for the, the Canadian palate? Because that's what I thought well, it was. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's literally it's... Chinese chefs who came to Canada and made yeah. food for Canadians. Yeah, but if in... Okay, so in, in the case of Japan, though, they're, they've always been very open to culture sharing, and, like, food is no exception. Like, Japanese Italian food has been a thing for a very long time, but I think the game really went up this time. We had yeah, omu rice. We had an omu rice at like a random omu rice yeah, restaurant the risotto omu in rice. Shinjuku Station, and mm. they the their specialty at the on the day was mushroom cream risotto under the omelet, and it was like it was so cool. a fantastic white wine cream of mushroom risotto. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. Right? Like, I needed to sit there and watch Angelo take his first bite because I was like, "Hook, I'm just gonna sit here and watch." It was just, heavenly. Just give me, give me this one moment. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see. Like it was, it, it's very interesting because it's like, it's just like you just took an Italian dish, which is risotto, and then mm-hmm. you you put like the Japanese style omelet on top, and it's magical. Like it's the most magical fusion and. Uh, you'll see the same thing with like French cuisine where it's like it's French pastries, but sort of done in this like uniquely Japanese way Mm -hmm. that is so yummy and so refreshing. Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting fusion food that I saw and I wish I'd ordered it was uh, Dio and Sean ordered this udon carbonara. Yes. Yes. And it was amazing. amazing. It looked. (laughs) It was life changing. So good. Yeah, like, I don't know what's going on. Japanese Western food is really good. Like, there is some, like, there is just the magic of taking, like, two cultures and letting them have a food baby and seeing what happens. Because when it comes to Italian cuisine and Japanese cuisine, they are a match made in heaven. It's really good. So delicious. I loved it. I will state that, like, on the flip side, and this is, weirdly it's not on japan i don't like the fusion restaurants that we have here 
Yes. Oh, I will also speak. agree with that. That's fair. I don't know why like, I, I can say that, but I've been to several and they've always been disappointing and overpriced, which makes me sad. You can only be one, problem. in Is my they're, opinion. They're, <laughs> they're really overpriced. They're expensive, and they don't, like, the best part about good fusion food is it takes the best parts of each cuisine and elevates them together. Whereas it feels mm. like fusion food, like, that you eat locally is like, okay, you can mm. eat a little bit from this culture's cuisine and a little bit from here and a little bit from here, but it's not the three of them married together. No. Like, it's just, it's On like three that, separate things that you can just order from. You're yeah. paying a premium over here. Like that udon carbonara was like 11 or 12 bucks Canadian. Was it? Or was you... it more like nine? It might have been. Like it was cheap. I thought it was like this nine dollars. This one thing that was like, actually, no, you're right. It was less than a, th- than a thousand it yen. It was. I remember that that night, my curry udon was the most expensive dish at yeah, yen. yeah. I think mm-hmm. my whole meal, which was a beer and the udon, was nine ninety yen. My noodle dish that night was like seven bucks. Yeah, this uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the simple conversion for yen right now is basically it's a dollar is a hundred yen. Technically, it's like a dollar is about hundred and eight yen right now. I think hundred and ten or yeah. hundred and something. It's yeah, close so. enough that I just say 100 yen is $1. Yeah, it's exactly. close enough that so 100 to 1 works. Yeah, so when you're saying you have a meal with a beer uh, in, in Japan for 1100 uh, 11 yen, that's $11, and that's stupid cheap compared to... Here, you could go to... Like, if you're going to have a, a, a meal with a beer for a place that serves beer, I would say it's safely 17 to $20. Yeah. yeah. Right? I would 100% agree with that. Like, And it's yeah, much, you're not going to get it. It's, you, it's, it's unlikely you'll get something for 15 or under. Yeah. And then if you're going to like, as Angelo said, like a fusion restaurant, you're also going to pay a premium for that, that it's a fusion of different things. Yeah. Which, Whereas in Japan, it's just like, yeah, why wouldn't it be a fusion? Yeah. Why the um, hell not? I was wondering if any of you went Same to, price. uh, had, had like visited a chain restaurant either and i'm not talking about mcdonald's uh, this time i'm talking yeah. about like a yoshinoya or uh what's it, like a mitsuru i kept seeing like moss burger and yoshinoya and i was like we should go there we should try it and anytime we were hungry we couldn't find them yeah it was oh, really funny. funny the same thing happened to us it was like yeah i'll make time to visit a yoshinoya this time like no every time we got hungry it was like we're in Shinjuku Station. What's here? Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. I don't feel like I've missed out on anything doing that. While I'm very certain Moss Burger and Yoshinoya are fantastic, I, I feel like I do want to try them eventually. Next time. Next time. Yep. And quite frankly, everywhere that we went to for food... Was amazing. Was fantastic. Like that I'm udon gonna... place where you guys had the carbonara udon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the beer. Mm-hmm. That was as expensive as going to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac combo. Yep. Yeah. How I'm much only is pointing a Big out Mac like combo? a Yoshinoya. Now. A Big Mac know. combo here is like almost 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. More. No, it's yeah. over that. It's over $10. Yeah. It's over $10 yeah, it's over now? $10. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Goddamn. But uh, the only reason we I even bring up McDonald's. like a chain restaurant, I only bring like I only bring up like the chain restaurant experience only because like you'll get a full meal there with like uh, rice and soup and like your like uh, item that you ordered 
and it will be like it, it's a full meal and it's gonna be like seven dollars exactly like, like you're gonna it, spend it, under a thousand yen pretty yeah. consistently yeah which um, is like impossible to do here most japanese restaurants for like orderable items they kind of just have this thing where you can either get the item or you can make it a combo, which is a very Western thing to say. The but seto. they call it a set. A seto. And so if you yeah, would also like a No, 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 it's a not a set. It's a, a seto. Dessert. <laughs> it's a seto. But like if you would like a drink and a dessert, uh, cool. That's like an extra dollar. The set yeah, is like, still under $10. Yep. Yeah, like you still will eat, like you will easily eat a full meal like or like a full combo for like less than ten dollars. Which I ate like a queen this trip. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, uh, I ate so well. I don't want to. Uh, I mean, we've already made uh, the listeners very hungry and mm-hmm. either nostalgic or upset or <laughs> whatnot. <laughs> but because there's a lot more Let's to talk get about to our for highlights Japan. of the trip. Yeah, there, yeah there's definitely more to share than just the food because you right could go on forever. For me, the highlight is so easy. We went to Nara, to Nara, to the city of Nara. And the thing about Nara is they love their deer. And their deer love your cookies. So you go there. You just get off the train. You go, walk down the road. You buy a pack of cookies for $2. And the deer swarm you. They know. They, they come up. They bow. And if you do not give them their cookie... Within seconds, they start chewing on your shirt. They start butting your leg. Yeah, they're bullies, Sean dude. actually got full-on headbutt by a deer with antlers. Yeah, it was bullies. wonderful. That happened. <laughs> they're little assholes. They're great. But you, I, I love we it. Talked, I, I think love we talked the about deer this so much. I think we talked about yes. this. You can absolutely exact your revenge. I talked about my excitement to go here, and it delivered. You Everything can exact about your Nara revenge. Was exactly what I wanted. You can eat the deer. You can. We yeah, didn't eat the deer. You can eat them. Uh, but the deer are supposed to be sacred the there, guys. <laughs> but you no. can eat them. They cull them and then you can they put yeah. them they serve them in the restaurant. You can eat them. You can feed the deer and then you can go to a restaurant and eat the deer. What's wrong with that? That, that is yeah. everything. That That's is the, the circle, circle of life. Yep. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um so <sighs> we we went to Nara for the second time, uh, and it was really, really delightful to see Dio and Angelo enjoying themselves. Uh, that was my third time, actually. It was my second time uh, with Sean. But we also ended up going to the island of Miyajima, and Miyajima have deer everywhere as well. And uh, on Miyajima, people don't feed the deer. So they are super chill compared to the Nara deer. They're used to people not feeding, but, uh, not feeding them, but... They're also just used to lots of people being around. So they're happy to just hang out in shared spaces with you. Same as the Nara deer. Less screaming, which was nice. The screaming deer <laughs> at, at Nara was a bit cursed sounding. They scream? It was haunting. It's haunting. I've never been. <laughs> Damn. God, the deer sounds in Nara were just hilarious. It was mm. so great. But yeah, the, the deer in Miyajima are very, very chill. Um, we went, uh, I would say that the overall theme for this trip for me was just more like nighttime activities and more like things that we went out at night to do. Because in Miyajima, we, would, we went out at night to just go walk 
through like the beach, the town, go see uh, a whole bunch of UNESCO World Heritage sites at night. And the deer in Miyajima were just so chill. Like I would just be walking down the street and sometimes a deer would make itself clear that it was not just like a shadowy blob off to the side. It would just like it would <laughs> move every now and again. Sometimes they do just come up to you and headbutt you for no particular reason other than to be like, hey, you're in my way or like, hey, that's where I was about to go. Why are you interrupting mm -hmm. me? <laughs> so it was just yep. it was just like a very different experience going from Nara and then going and seeing them again in Miyajima. They're totally different, like, behavioral patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of, of, of how far removed they are. Probably. I will say my, fav my favorite part of the trip, my highlight of the trip, was also being kind of far removed. Um, I really wanted to do an onsen trip. Mm. And I had a couple of, like, really specific requirements that I wanted to do for an onsen trip. Number one was I wanted it to be mixed bathing because I wanted to like be able to bathe with Angelo and for it to be an experience for both of us as opposed to like, hey, we're staying at this hotel for a night or two. Uh, I'll see you later type of thing. Um, and I wanted it to be like a proper outdoor bath. Like I didn't want to do an indoor hot spring. I wanted to be able to be outside in nature and... So, you know, those two requirements are kind of hard to meet already. But in addition, you know, I didn't want it to be like a place in the city. Like I didn't want to go to like something where I'm going to look out outside and I'm looking at a garden and a bunch of like high rises. Like I want to actually be somewhere in nature and enjoy the nature of the bath. Um, so it was like, okay, I'm adding, you know, things that make it more and more and more difficult. Um, but we ended up finding a, a ryokan. Um, the exact one I went to was Gorokaku, which is in a little tiny town called Oigami Onsen. And it's like, it's out in the mountains. We had to take a Shinkansen one hour out of Tokyo and then ride a bus from this the last city with the Shinkansen one hour to this tiny little village like honestly it was a village because there was nothing in the village except these like five onsen hotels but we got to have this like beautiful bathing experience where you have these natural like hot baths it's like beautiful mountain water like my skin has never been so soft in my life Ugh. i've never been so relaxed in my life yep um uh and like the best part was like one of the things I wanted to do was like I was I was so shy the whole trip to like try and talk to people because I was like, I know my Japanese isn't very good, but like I wish I could like even try to converse with people. And it was so much less awkward in the bath. Um, I made two friends, made two two friends in the bath with like we just, met an Oji-san and a salaryman. We made an, met an Oji-san and a salaryman. <laughs> we got to make some friends, which was very very cool. Um, and then after the bath, we also made friends with two other guests who were a couple from Hong Kong who had, by their own description, had been to Japan like fourteen times. Like that was just the thing. That was where they liked to go on vacation, which was like whoa. Understandable. I can't imagine. I I can feel that. <laughs> totally can understand it but it was like such a good highlight for me because like we got to do so much resting and relaxing like all we did at this hotel was eat sleep and bathe that's it that was all we did for two days and it was awesome amazing um, 
this my whole life people have been like oh you should meditate it's like it's good for your your you know your health and it's good for your mind and i'm like how do you make your brain be quiet like enough to meditate that's be not a man real. uh <laughs> the <laughs> answer is sit in a <laughs> sit in a hot bath just sit in a hot bath the water specifically is specifically one where you can stretch your legs go yeah, to a like, the water yeah, you, like literally you sit in the hot bath and the water is so hot that your brain is just fried. Like you you can't think about anything. You just can't think. You have to sit there and just and just enjoy should, it. Uh, and it's and it's and it's awesome. If you have time and uh like you know, let's say benefits from work, uh you should go try hydrotherapy uh with massages Ooh. because hydrotherapy okay, places noted. have like they have essentially like hot tubs with also like usually they have sauna, steam rooms, everything like that, plus an actual massage uh, after Noted. that. Noted. Noted. So, I would also like to see this magical place. You know, there's a place. lot locally downtown. So, All right. I'm going to check that out later. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to an onsen this trip. I really missed. That was one thing I really missed this time because going to an onsen last time was a magical, magical experience. But this time we stayed at a ryokan in Miyajima. And instead of staying for just the one night, which is what we did last time, we stayed for two. And the ryokan, usually what they will provide you is half board. So you get dinner and you get breakfast. For mm -hmm. your check-in process, they'll ask you if you want to opt in for both or just one. And then for breakfast, they specifically want to know, would you like Japanese-style breakfast or would you like Western-style mm -hmm. breakfast? And I'm like, I can get Western-style breakfast anywhere back home. I am getting Japanese yeah. all the things. I'm staying at a ryokan. Yep, it's going to be breakfast. all the Japanese breakfast. It was so good. And the thing that I really noticed on the second night is that the chef deliberately designed a different meal for us because we stayed a second night. So normally, Ryokan stays yeah. are just like the one night. And we could mm -hmm. tell because all of the guests had changed out by then. And everyone mm -hmm. we were dining with were all different people. But mm. you could also see that all the people who were around us were getting the meal that we got the first night. On the second night, yeah. our meal was totally different. And it was all the, magic. The next tier. Yeah. Yeah. Was ours was the same where we definitely got a different breakfast. Because oh. we didn't get dinner included with ours. We had breakfast. Mm. But we got a different breakfast on the two days. Oh, but most awesome. of the items were the same. But whereas like the main for the first time was uh, freshly grilled fish. The second day it was bacon and eggs. Mm. Whereas fish was just like a side on, dish. On the plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the first night, Angelo, or the first breakfast, Angelo will probably want to talk about this, there was natto, and in the second breakfast, there was not. No, uh. there was natto every time. No, there wasn't natto the second breakfast. Yes, there was. Oh, was there? Yes. I didn't see I it. I didn't touch it. I, I did didn't not see fuck it. with it the second time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I've been interested in trying natto, because every time you see it in anime, they're like, oh, natto, that's disgusting, how can you possibly like... And I think that I'm reasonably adventurous with my food. Uh-huh. I like to try new things. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll give Natto a good try. I didn't 100% understand what I was doing, but I opened up the Natto. I, I had finished everything else on the plate except for the pickled vegetables before trying the Natto. I was just like, in case I need the palate cleanser, I have the strong pickled things. Smart. Okay. So... I 
open up the natto and there's a couple packets of stuff in there and I'm like, oh, what are these? I guess I'll put them in the natto. I open up the natto and it's so stringy. The strings are connected to the to the, the the second lid. I'm stretching this thing. I'm stretching it two feet and the strings are still connected. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is going? Good lord! <laughs> it is way stringier than I ever considered possible. I start mixing it up. I throw the other sauces in. I mix it all up, and I'm like, okay. The smell is filling the room. Oh boy. I mix it up and I go in for a bite. I go in for a bite of the natto. It touches my tongue. Like three taste buds make contact <laughs> and I start dry heaving. I immediately eject the natto from my mouth with a speed hitherto before not seen to the people of the area. JR Rail is developing new Shinkansen technology with the speed that I spat that natto out with. Poor thing. It was, it was so not sorry. very good. You don't have to eat natto uh, by you... itself, for one thing. You're not supposed to, apparently. Yeah, you're supposed you're, to eat it with rice, but we didn't know We contacted someone. We contacted our good friend, yeah. Girl DM, and Girl DM was like, no, you did it wrong. You're supposed yeah. to... First of all, you're supposed to whip up the natto a yep. lot more until mm-hmm. the strings are practically opaque. Yeah. And then you're supposed to put it on rice or something. Mm-hmm. Like what it's I did was like basically a... taking Australian Vegemite, yeah, digging so in with a spoon and putting the whole thing in your mouth. No, you're supposed to put it on the on the carbs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like Marmite and Vegemite. You're like with toasts. You're supposed you're not supposed to like heap it on like peanut butter. It's supposed to be like the thinnest layer you could possibly put unless you want way more than that but generally speaking yeah natto is supposed to be enjoyed with rice it's yes. uh, so i did it wrong yeah but quite frankly i'm not going to try to do it right <laughs> i'm so sorry this was your experience angelo you should have uh, it was it was very I didn't try any natto because I like I have learned about myself that I I don't like pickled foods and I don't like fermented foods. I think this is probably because like I grew up eating like, like Canadian cuisine. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, I guess I, like that's beer. true. I do like like I like a handful because like I like pickles like like pickled cucumbers, <laughs> but I don't like any other kind of pickled vegetable. You don't like kimchi? Fair. Nope. Don't like kimchi. Do you like miso? I can eat it, but I don't like it. Do you like miso? Kind of. Okay. I like miso. No, soup. you like miso like because miso you make miso. Soup. Yeah, I know you make miso at home. Yeah, I or, like miso. Uh, soup. Like I yeah. do like miso. Um, so like I like a handful of pickled and fermented foods, but I don't like all pickled and fermented foods. And Fair. so I tend to not experiment because it's like I know that like the handful of pickled and flavor like fermented foods I like are either ones that have strong flavors, but I grew up with those flavors. Or they have mild flavors. Like, I would say beer has a very mild fermented taste, in my opinion, at least. And, like, miso also is very, it's a very mild umami flavor. Versus, like, pickled ginger is very strong. Pickled cabbage is very strong. So I was like, I'm probably not going to like natto. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try and waste some perfectly good sealed natto because if Angela doesn't like mm-hmm. it, then I'm also, I'm definitely not going to enjoy it. That's fair. But the Japanese breakfast was amazing. I Ten. feel like, I feel like all of us are really missing Japan. Yeah. yeah. But there is 
a great way to experience the best of what Japan has to offer. And I'm talking about Shiba Inu. They're the cutest dogs known to man. That's true. Famous to Japan. And apparently one of them is going to be speedrunning at AGDQ. Yeah, please explain. Please yeah, elaborate. Explain this news that has just popped up, please. So I have been involved with AGDQ for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always super fun. And one of the fun things is usually anything that's... Uh, let's say outside of the normal sphere of speedrunning. So there are things like uh, blindfolded runs. There are typically things like uh, what we call the awful block, which is usually just the worst games. But we found a way to play them fast, so they're slightly wor- less worse. Yay! In Yay? this case, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're not spending as much time. But True. in this case, we have... Uh, an entry that of a Shiba Inu who will be unassisted will be speedrunning a game. Um, basically, someone coached their dog by the name of Peanut Butter. Oh, that's a wonderful oh. name for a Shiba. Yeah, oh. and they're going to be playing an old NES game called Gyromite. Uh, I think there's going to be, like, obviously there's going to be a modified controller in play here. Um, But it's super cute. Uh, The game's fairly simplistic. And the controller, I think, it looks like just like a giant paddle where, like, the dog can almost sort of just press left and right, more or less. Uh I haven't looked into the entire, like, run yet. Because partly, I want to be surprised. I want to also yes. enjoy Peanut Butter's record-setting run at AGDQ 2024, which is in January. So That's so cute. It's super cute. I am cute. excited for this already. I need to tune into AGDQ this year just for Doge running. Yeah. yeah. I sent you guys the link you- just to take a quick look, but... Man, you just reminded me of all the puppies that we saw in Japan. Great. What about the Katos? There's many Katos. Oh, there were so there were many lots Katos. Of Katos. They were so cute. Yeah. Lots of Katos. So cute. Um, when when Dio and Angelo and I were walking through Harajuku, there were there are a lot of animal cafes in Harajuku, but in particular, we there was a, a fella cafe. at the side of the road who was just waving over new customers, and he had an otter on his shoulders. The Otter Cafe. And it was so wild because I had walked by that cafe in the morning. I was like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, there's an Otter Cafe there. Cool. And then we're, so we're walking back through Harajuku at night, um, like, or in the evening, I guess. Um, And, you know, everybody behind, you know, I'm walking ahead in the group and everybody's walking behind me and they go, Otter, Otter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, guys, there's an Otter Cafe there. And they're like, no, No, Otter. And I turn and see the Otter on the guy. And I'm like, oh, so cute. I loved it. Yep, so adorable. Ugh. Did any of you actually Little go to a specialty a cafe? Hmm? We didn't. We didn't. We did not go to any specialty, no specialty cafes. cafes. Yeah. It was okay. it, it. was kind of on my list of like, if we see any cool specialty cafes that we want to do, we'll go. And I didn't really see any that I wanted to do. I could have done the pig cafe. Oh, I would have done the pig cafe with you. I, I didn't. It's just that when we were walking by it, we had a different mission. Oh, that's true. We had a different appointment. 
um, in mm. the area that we had to attend first. So uh, I didn't see any that I was like, yes, I absolutely have to experience this cafe or like Us my neither. life is, you know, my life is ruined. Yeah. Um, mm. I originally had planned that we would go to like one of the anime collab cafes, um, but pre-trip, I learned that to go to attend most of these, it's usually a lottery registration-based system. Oh, gosh. And I was yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe in the future I might investigate this, but there's no there's no current series with cafes at the time that I'm going to be there that I mm-hmm. want to bother with the headache of figuring out how I enter into the lottery. Mm-hmm. We ducked into a Square Enix cafe very quickly to go check out their merch section. We were mm. wound. Nice. Yeah, we were it was wound. Fine. <laughs> Unlucky. They, yeah. they didn't have anything in stock that we would have wanted. Like they had like mm. a couple of the play art sets, but none of the characters that we liked. They had mm. well, like mm-hmm. it was this is the same story. Like it's they would have an item, but for the wrong either game or for the wrong character character and it was yeah i will say i I did notice like so we went to one mall in shibuya and uh the one thing i've noticed is there's there's malls everywhere and as a result of there being malls everywhere there's little pop-up stores everywhere like you anywhere you go there is a pop-up and whether it's a collab of an independent artist or a company or Mm -hmm. a couple of companies there's pop-ups everywhere. Mm-hmm. And one of the stores we went to in Shibuya, they had a Jujutsu Kaisen pop-up, um, which, as I expected, there were a lot of people in there. Um, and most interestingly, the most recent episode of the anime had aired the previous night. Oh. Um, so I was like, okay, it's going to be super popular because like the most recent episode just aired last night. And so we're, you know, we're walking through and they have the big TV and like a bunch of big posters showing off stuff. And the even if you don't know, you don't need to know too much about Jujutsu Kaisen, but it the the really like center point focus of that episode was a character named Nanami and all of his merch in that pop-up was gone. Everything. There you go. If it was Nanami related, it was not there. Um, And, like, a lot of the other characters, like, because, you know, there are all these characters who are more popular than others. Like, a lot of Mm -hmm, their mm -hmm. stuff was sold out. um, And it had been clear that probably this pop-up had been going on for, like, the week. And I think we went on... This would have been, like... It was a weekend. It was a weekend, so it was, like, Sunday. So it was probably, like, the last day of this pop-up. So, like, a lot of stuff was sold out. But it was very clear, like, which characters were super popular because all of their stuff was gone. And it was also clear that, like, the really high quality, like, the the really, like, amazing merch was gone first. And most of what was left was, like, very tiny acrylic stands, oh. like, buttons, like, the, the, the smaller, lighter merch was really this- what was left. I, I want to speak to that just like to a certain extent. I don't have a lot of experience with the merch side of things, but like we talked about quickly about like, uh, you know, having to get rezos, for example, at uh, a cafe or some other experience. Yep. 100%. Japan does not mess around with the rezo system. Like mm-hmm. you nope. want, it's if you want something, if you want something that, that is being released soon, you get your place in line, whether it's online or physical at a restaurant or a pop-up shop, I'm sure. There's lots of ways, like, like they use a queue system to a T. Like, ahead and, of time. Yeah. 
and it's very serious. I uh, there's a restaurant that we're planning to book for for uh, my trip to Japan, and it's uh, it's kind of well known on the internet. It's called Kichi Kichi, which is like this omu rice restaurant with this very charming uh, cook who uh, makes really delicious looking omu rice dishes is and stuff like the that. Omu rice guy. Yes, the, the omu rice guy. Oh. Omu rice guy. Oh. That's going to be so much um, fun. We've already we haven't booked yet because our time frame hasn't come up yet for like the day that we want to book for essentially. Yeah. Because they book about two or three weeks in in advance, so you kind of have to in advance. We, yeah. And yeah. so it's not like you can go in and book. You have exactly. to wait until it's a set time. Exactly. Yeah. And we've done test bookings where we're like, hey, let's say if we wanted to book for a different day, like earlier, let's just see what the reservation system is like. Two minutes. The, there's there's been a, like the, we we literally set an alarm we went to the uh, and when the alarm went off we checked like the reservation date and we're like okay cool there's slots and then two minutes later we checked again slots all gone two it's minutes like, oh my god yeah we're talking for like, a people restaurant are ready yeah like they have alarms on their phone or they're lined mm-hmm. up outside the door like what was crazy yep. is the mall that we went to one specific mall on a day because we uh, we were sent by a good friend um, to go visit a pop-up for a, mm-hmm. a character that she liked. Yeah. And uh, Angela and I got there early and there was mm-hmm. like really no early because we were trying to, fi- there was no line because we were trying to figure out like where everybody was meeting up for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And by the time we had met up with everybody and went to go like prepare to get ready to go into the mall, a mm-hmm. line had formed to get into the mall around. that was wrapping around the building. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah. I was exactly like, oh right. my God, we're going to get there and there's going to be nothing left. Nothing left. Yeah. Now, in our case, I think people were not lining up for that particular collab yeah i think they were just lining up to get in the mall and yeah like i i i I, yeah i think they were just lining up to get into the mall because there were tons of collabs going on in that mall but Mm -hmm. like they had a collab we went to go see yeah they had a whole collab floor even Mm -hmm. and what was interesting was the one that we were lining up for was or that we wanted to go see was on the second floor Mm -hmm. and once we got off on the second floor and figured out where it was like it wasn't that busy but Everybody, like, the line went straight up the escalators and kept going and going and going. Yeah. So I was very shocked. Like, I... Serious business. From from the perspective of someone who's seen, like, the rare pop-up, because pop-ups are pretty rare that pop up in Calgary, but, yeah, you know, if one pops up, yeah, you could see a line like that for sure, but they're the all going so. deliberately yeah. to the one interesting thing in the area, and that's usually just yeah. the one pop-up. Not like a ton of people who are lined up to go to the mall at large, because that mall mm-hmm. did yeah. have lots of very interesting pop-ups on each floor. They have an mm-hmm. entire yeah. floor set aside for pop-ups, but man, that wasn't where we were going. It was on the second floor, yeah. not floor four. So it was yeah. just a shock to me. Yeah, like, yeah it, queuing in Japan is a big thing. It's taken very seriously. Yeah. Um, I did have a giggle. Like, you could tell which people were from cultures where queuing is a big thing. Because I would say, like, in Canada, queuing is a big thing as well. Maybe not as much as Japan. Not quite it's, as not as, as high, it's not as high of a demand of queuing, but we still... 
we still do it. Like there's definitely yep. still a strong queuing culture here um, versus like cultures where there isn't a strong queuing culture because for the, I had this giggle at the airport. Mm-hmm. I went to go get McDonald's for me and Angelo so that we could eat before, you know, we planned to check in our bags and stuff and to kill time. And, you know, there was a bit of a queue outside the McDonald's. And, you know, I just stood and, and I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. Like, you know, it might take a little while to get through this queue, but, you know, we'll get through it eventually. Um, and what was really interesting was three different couples in front of me, like my time in the queue sped up because three different people couples in front of me gave up on the queue they were like let's just go somewhere else like i don't i don't want to wait and it was like but you're gonna have to go somewhere else yeah you're queue. spending like, more you're time not gonna anyways. Go anywhere in, yeah yeah like you're not gonna go anywhere else where there's no line it's not going to exist but mm-hmm. you could tell which which people were used to like a queuing and like and like waiting in line for something versus people who were like oh I have to wait in a queue like this is this is too much of an inconvenience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that really shows up at train stations like anywhere you go people know exactly where the queue is, which way the queue goes and how yep. to structure the queue so that it's out of the way of people getting off the train. It's very yep. very structured. Yeah, so we've going back about to Jay's bit about how queuing is like very ingrained in restaurants like I went mm-hmm. to a very nice uh, souffle pancake place in Ginza. Very nice. You show up and there's a sign that says, hi, we're on the seventh floor, but please don't come up until it's your time in the queue. Here's the mm-hmm. QR code to mm-hmm. scan to get into the queue. I scan the QR mm-hmm. code. It tells me I have 380 minutes of time ahead of me and how many people are ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I go next door somewhere with seating and I have lunch first. Mm-hmm. And by the time lunch <laughs> is good. over... You know, by the time lunch is over, it has been exactly one hour. I am now second mm-hmm. in line. I'm just going to stand outside until it's my time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. But, like, the time estimates, exactly what Dio said. A lot of people probably showed up because this place is highly rated. They signed into the queue, saw the time, and ditched. Yeah. Yep. Same thing happened when we went for sushi. Like, our wait time was an hour. And at first, you know... a. Angela was like, should we try and walk somewhere else? And I'm like, nope, we're going to get our spot in line. We're going to wait because I guarantee you people will give up. And Mm -hmm. we were in within about 20 minutes, I would say. 15 to 20. 15 to 20 minutes. Like it did not take the full amount of time. And that's because you can tell that there are people who have queued and they either didn't show up, like they went to go do something else and forgot to come back or they gave up. Now, I think all of us should responsibly queue for the next episode of the Odafest podcast. It's true. I think so too. Wait your dang turns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Welcome Take back. Care. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.